0: Welcome to the Rouge Church Podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we are so honored that you're listening in. We believe that faith should be a place of refuge and rest. So our community, we exist to help people follow Jesus so they can experience a life of rest in Him. Each week during our Sunday gatherings, small group gatherings, or even just our one-on-one discussions together, we talk about what it really looks like to follow Jesus in our time. And on this podcast, you'll find a collection of those very conversations. So we hope that this podcast is an encouragement to you and wherever you might be in your faith journey with Jesus, we hope it inspires you towards your next step with him. As we kick off the brand new year, uh, as we dive into 2020, we are excited to also be diving into a brand new series uh, walking through the Gospel of Mark, and, and we're going to be taking a little bit longer to dive into this series uh, than we typically do. We've never done a series that will last this long. It will lead us up all the way to this coming Easter as we walk through um, the story that Mark tells about what he believes about Jesus, what he sees um, uh, the power of Jesus meaning for um, our lives, what, what he... He believes the power of Jesus was for the early followers of Jesus. Uh, so we'll we'll dive in a little bit to Mark's personal story and and how he first learned about Jesus and and maybe even uh, why there's uh, these differences between Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, not in differences of of the story because the the synoptic gospel, the 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 story across. Um, these Gospels are all the same, but what we do find is that each of them have their own nuance. Each of them have their own emphasis on certain things, as each of us, as we follow Jesus and we learn about Jesus, um, we have certain things that we um, lean into about Jesus more than others might. Uh, well, I had a conversation with, with some individuals um, a few days ago, and we were setting, we were talking about how um, Jesus means uh, different things to each of us and how, in ways he's, he, he's revealed himself, in um, and, and ways we, we've come to understand him, and there are ways that we will come to understand him new um, in the coming years as we continue to follow Jesus. So our prayer, our hope for this series is that as we walk through the gospel of Mark and we really just walk through the life and the teachings of Jesus, that it would reveal to us that it would be Uh, a revelation to us um, as we revisit revisit Jesus, um, what he means for each and every one of us and what his life, his teachings, his death, his resurrection uh, means for us and and the world around us. Uh, We're going to kick off, actually, uh, this series in Mark by opening up to Mark 8. Not Mark 1, but Mark 8. We'll get back to Mark 1 here in a second. Uh, But the reason we're starting at Mark 8 is because scholars believe that there is this hinge that that mark 8 verse 27 through 30 is a hinge between uh two sections of the story that mark is telling about jesus and this hinge has something to do with the confession of peter and what peter says and believes jesus to be who who do we believe jesus to be what have we confessed as individuals uh, Jesus to be in our lives or even proclaimed over others' lives as we share the gospel with other individuals. And, and what, what did they perceive, um, even from the way we uh, share Jesus or, wh- or what they have known about Jesus, what, how did they perceive who Jesus was? Um, and it really asks that question, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Let's go ahead and read this passage, Mark eight twenty seven through 30. It says this, Jesus went out along with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi, and on the way he questioned his disciples, saying to them, Who do people say that I am? They told him, saying, John the Baptist, the others say Elijah, but others one of the prophets. And he continued by questioning them, But who do you say that I am? Peter answers and said to him, You are the Christ. And he warned them to tell no one about him. Mark was a follower of Peter. Mark wouldn't have been around during uh, the life of Jesus, from what we know and understand from uh, the story we find in Acts. But what we do know is that he was a uh, devout um, co-worker, uh, fellow minister, and uh, was discipled closely by Peter, who walked with Jesus. And so Peter would have come in contact with Paul. Peter would have come co- in contact with many of the other apostles. And so as, as, as Mark um, begins to watch, as Mark begins to listen to these apostles, after him having come to believe these things for himself, decides to, to write an account of what he has heard Peter tell and Paul affirm and John affirm, and all of these other individuals affirming that this is, in fact, who Jesus was, and it changes the reality of everything that we know and believe. And so Mark is, uh, according to many scholars, seen as one of the first and earliest um, writings of the Gospels. Um, Though it has been contested, it is traditionally um, seen as one of the earliest gospels, um, which is significant because this would have been set the foundation um, for what we know uh, as the early church's beliefs in in who Jesus was and who they believed him to be. so we we find uh, copies and fragments all throughout um, the, the, the region. And, and so these, these copies and these fragments would have been from uh, just copying the text. It would go from church to church, um, in excitement of reading uh, the full account of Jesus's life and teachings. It would have been as if um, you really heard snippets. You would have heard stories about who Jesus was, and you would have come to believe in him, but you might not have the full snapshot. You might not have the full picture yet. Um, and you know that there are more stories out there and who Jesus was. So Mark undergoing writing this uh, would have been so exciting for the early church. So they were, they were copying it like crazy. And then later, Matthew writes an account and, and Luke writes an account. And then John writes this beautifully poetic account as well that's just integrated with uh, theologically rich meaning. Um, but Mark is uh, really fast-paced, and he walks through each story um, as if Jesus went quickly from place to place. And it's as if you even see this trend of, of, of the word immediately coming up over and over again. And so Mark had this understanding of Jesus being um, a person who was on a mission, who was deeply focused, who was going after people, um, who was sharing Uh, his vision for the world with them, who was healing people, and he was really focused on doing this and accomplishing this. Um, And this would have come from his hearing of Peter. And so Peter, who who is Peter? uh, Peter was, most of us already know if if we've read uh, the Gospels, Peter was one of the early followers of Jesus, one of the earliest followers. And so he would have been around uh, watching Jesus in his teaching, listening to the words that he said and clinging on to them. He would have watched Jesus control the seas uh, when the waters were going crazy and, and would have marveled at him healing the sick and hurting. In fact, his mother was one of those. Peter's mother was one of those. And then um, they would have been left radically different than they were, the way they would have come. And, and so this is, this is even true for me. Um, When I first encountered Jesus, um, I was primarily searching for truth. I was primarily searching for a way to view the world, a way to understand things. And so when I started to see Jesus as as more than this, when I started to be introduced to Jesus, um, He revolutionarily began to change so much more my life than I expected Him to. And it was just from willfully encountering Him and embracing what He had to say. And this began to change everything for Peter. This changed everything for Mark. And they both and all of the early church came to the conclusion that Jesus was the long-awaited king of Israel, the one they had been waiting for. We talked about this in the Advent series um, and the birth of the new king that would usher in a new era that would revolutionarily change our realities. It would change the way people lived their lives. It would change the way they interacted with even God. And so the early followers saw saw Jesus as as ushering this in and, and Jesus as being this. And so here's Peter with Jesus in Mark 8 and Mark pins all the way up through leaning up to this 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 climax in Peter's confession and you you hear uh, prior to Mark 8 these stories of Jesus healing these stories of Jesus teaching these stories of Jesus performing incredible miracles building up to this point where Peter decides for himself who Jesus was and so Jesus asked them, who, who do people say that I am? And, and people were, it was clear that Jesus was something incredible. Some were saying that he was John the Baptist reincarnated uh, after John the Baptist had died. Some were saying that he was Elijah um, having come again, which was um, a significant um, precursor to uh, someone that they were expecting to come who Peter actually declares that he is that one that was expected to come, and that John the Baptist was in fact uh, the the coming again of this Elijah. And some some said that Jesus was just another prophet. Um, and so there are many people that we encounter in our lives, and maybe even individuals who are listening to this today that that believe. Um, differently about Jesus than I do, uh, that believe differently um, about Jesus than than, than many Christians do. And so Jesus wasn't afraid to ask uh, his followers this question, "Who, who is it that people are saying that I am? And many people have different understandings and perspectives on Jesus, but here's the fact. Jesus is who Jesus was. And so I believe that Mark is giving this, this credible account of who the earliest followers of Jesus were, were claiming him to be and who they saw him to be. So they are retelling these stories of what they saw and what they heard. And they confirmed it by like, each other, uh, we're confirming it, saying, yeah, that's, that's what I saw. You see Matthew confirming it. You see Luke confirming it in his writings and his texts. And you see this huge movement of Jesus' followers who also confirmed and continue to follow uh, down this path. But Jesus shifts it from the question of Peter asking Peter and, and, and his disciples, who do people say that I am, to a very personal question. And I think it's a question that each of us have to wrestle with in our faith. Who do you say that I am? Who do you say that Jesus is? And 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 then Peter responds with a bold claim. He says, you are the one we've been waiting for. You were were the Messiah. You You were the Christ. You are the one who is going to usher in a new era for our people. You are the one who is going to revolutionarily change my life. You are the one that is going to bring peace to the world and resolve all of humanity's problems. You are the remedy to sin itself. You are the Christ. We We can get lost in referring to this title Of Christ to Jesus, calling him Jesus Christ and sometimes it just being no more than just a title as Mr. or Mrs. Or sometimes even maybe even assuming it's a last name. Um, But it just kind of goes with his name. You just kind of you just call him Jesus Christ. And we we forget the nuance and the meaning and the reality shifting power behind claiming this about Jesus. This book, Mark, is not just about mark's perspective but also peter's perspective and the early followers perspectives proclaiming that jesus changes the reality of everything that the reality of jesus changes everything about the way we live our lives it changes the reality of the way we walk through our struggles our hardships it changes the way we walk through our joys it changes the way Uh, We hope for the future that is coming. It changes the way we walk uh, out of our pasts. It changes literally everything. Many um, scholars actually point out this fact that Mark really only makes one personal claim, that the rest is Ultimately, the stories he heard from Peter. If Mark wasn't there, he didn't see these things as, as an eyewitness, he heard them from Peter's account. So he was writing what Peter had said that Jesus was and what Peter did. But you see Mark making this claim, this personal claim, and it's in Mark 1, 1, where we start off the foundation of the, our journey through the book of Mark. And he says this, he says, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the son of God. And this was was incredibly significant. And this is another example of how we can kind of lose meaning over time of, 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 of the power of what the word gospel meant, that it was a reality shifting, a reality changing meaning that was filled with hope that was filled with anticipation, that was filled with excitement. You actually find this word, we've mentioned before that this word is mentioned um, in a a victory sense of someone who has uh, defeated a battle. And so someone running back to their village to to declare a win of battle. Uh, But you find this word used a couple times in reference to... um, kings, in reference to um, um, significant leaders, and, and how they the people of the empire or, and, and in the world related to that individual. You actually find in what is the, the praying calendar inscription that was discovered in western Turkey um, that uses this word gospel, in actually a very similar sense to the way the early church would have actually heard it when they heard it because th- this was this was written in the year 9 BC so this was very very contemporary with Jesus that this was written right around that same time in reference to Augustus Caesar and what Augustus Caesar would mean for the empire it says this it's it's actually on a tablet in Berlin in the Berlin museum you can look it up like I said, it's, it's called the Praying Calendar Inscription. P-R-I-E-N-E, if you're wanting to write that down. It says this. The most divine Caesar, we should consider equal to the beginning of all things. For when everything was falling into disorder and tending towards dissolution. He restored it once more and gave the whole world a new aspect. Caesar, the common good fortune of all, the beginning of life and vitality, all the cities unanimously adopted the birthday of the divine Caesar as the new beginning of the year, whereas the providence, which was regulated our whole existence, has brought our life to the climax of perfection and giving to us the Emperor Augustus, who being sent to us and our descendants as Savior has put an end to war and has set all things in order. And whereas having come, become God manifest, Caesar has fulfilled all the hopes of early times. The birthday of the God Augustus has been for the whole world the beginning of good news concerning him. Bold claims that Caesar Augustus would accomplish all of these things. Even as we listen to this, we we think it is impossible for Augustus Caesar to accomplish all these things, to be the solution, the remedy to all of these things, to put so much hope in in a leader. Another Reference to Caesar, using these words, again, quotes this and says, says this, and Thine age, O Caesar, has brought back fertile crops to the fields, has wiped away our sins and revived the ancient virtues, and the fame and majesty of our empire were spread from the sun's bed in the west to the east as Caesar As long as Caesar is the guardian of the state, neither civil dissension nor violence shall banish peace. They saw him as the remedy. They saw him as the solution. And so Mark, so actually prior to this, Peter, when asked, Who is Jesus? He says, you are the one we have been waiting for, the remedy, the solution of all things. The one that will change the reality of my life and the the reality of my people's life and the reality of our communities. If we would just surrender ourselves to you, you can and will change everything. Having heard these stories, Mark makes his claim in Mark 1, 1 and says, this is the beginning of the gospel, the euangelion. This word gospel would have carried that same weight of the people of the empire of Rome. And it says, this is the beginning of a new era under Jesus Christ, the son of God. And these were his opening words. And then from there, sharing the stories of the apostles. His teachings. And the things that he did while he walked the face of this earth. Culminating then in his death and in his resurrection. As we walk through this gospel, we're going to discover more about who... Jesus is this is who Mark believed Jesus to be this is who Peter believed Jesus to be and we have to ask this question as we're walking through this who do we believe that Jesus is and I don't mean this just in a general sense of many of us are already followers of Jesus but do we believe the stories of him calming the storm as we walk through the storms of life Do we believe the stories of him being uh, the provider as he provides um, an abundance of food to the masses? Do we believe in Jesus the the same way that, that Mark came to realize who Jesus was? We have more to realize about Jesus than we might assume. Who do we believe Jesus to be? Who do we not yet see Jesus to be? As we walk through this, we're going to see Jesus presenting himself not just as a religious leader, but as a profoundly new kind of teacher, restorer, healer, and king. We're going to see Jesus hanging out with people you would never expect to see Jesus hanging out with. I mean, Jesus is hanging out with um, people that it would have been scandalous, not just in his day and age to be meeting with, but in our day and age even to be meeting with. And we also see Jesus becoming a king in a way you would never quite expect him to be one. And in a way that we would never really expect him to go about doing that. Here's what I want us to take away from, from this passage that Peter says and, and from Mark's opening of his gospel The reality of Jesus changes everything. It changed everything about my life. It changed everything about many of our, li- many of our lives in our, in our church community, of anyone who's really put their faith and trust in who Jesus is. It changes the reality of everything we believe about God when we see God in flesh and we see him interacting with people we'd never imagined him interacting with when we see him saying the things and defending people in ways we would have never imagined him defending people when we see him sitting with with people um and saying that that he's come um as uh this this great this physician and he, he didn't come for those who are well but he came for those who are in need of him it changes the way we perceive God is this unreachable being at the edge of the universe to this incredibly relatable God willing to become incarnate and struggle with us and walk alongside us. Is this how we see God? The reality of Jesus changes everything we see and everything we believe about ourselves. It changes how we relate to our our insecurities and it it convicts us about those things it it convicts us about our pride as as even his disciples asked to be seated at his right and to his left and in his in his kingdom and he flips the script and flips the understanding of what it means to be um, a servant what it means to be uh, a master over people not about power but about service and about love and care. It changes everything we believe about ourselves because we might not think that we not just relate with God but that we're not worthy. But Jesus shows us that we are not only worthy but we're worth pursuing, that we're worth coming out. And I don't know how God views us this way but we are loved, we are pursued after and this will change what we believe about ourselves. It's going to change everything we believe about others. Because everything we begin to believe about ourselves is also then true for others. Sometimes we're more forgiving of ourselves than we are for others. And sometimes we're just more forgiving of others than we are ourselves. But Jesus challenges this. Teaches us a new way. The reality of Jesus changes everything we believe about the world around us. It changes the way we view our struggles, the situations we were born into even, situations we've accidentally fallen into because of our own decisions. It changes the way we believe about our current financial situations and our, our current, um, just any general situation that we might be in That we might be wrestling with it it changes the way we we view famines it changes the way we view wars it changes the way we view all of these things because Jesus has come and if we believe him to be the remedy if we believe him to be the true solution the peacemaker the wise counsel the one who was to come has come and is coming again if we believe him to be this when jesus asks us the question who do you say that i am in the midst of whatever situation we're walking through i believe it will change the reality of that situation for those of us who follow jesus our entire lives This means stepping off the coattails of people who have come before us. Mentors are fantastic. Pastors and leaders and teachers uh, are fantastic. Scholars that we've read and and learned from are fantastic. These are incredibly helpful and God-given even uh, ways that God wants to speak to us as individuals. But at a certain point, we as individuals need to decide for ourselves who Jesus is and what he means for us. If we're ministering to someone and we're serving someone, we're sharing the gospel with someone, we're just trying to reach out to someone in our neighborhood, we need to realize that they may not see Jesus in the same way that we see Jesus. They may see Jesus simply as a prophet. They may see him as someone similar to John the Baptist or, or Elijah or one of the other prophets. That's, that may be the only way they ever see Jesus. And we need to realize the way they view Jesus may be different than the way we view him. The only thing that we have the responsibility of doing is sharing what we have come to learn and experience and know about who we believe Jesus to be and and just share that with individuals and to share the reality that we walk within with individuals. And for those who, who are just exploring who Jesus is. Um, the, the amazing thing I find about Jesus is, is that in certain circumstances he presses and in certain circumstances he is understanding. Especially for those who are, are, are new to who, who he is. He has great compassion. So as you're exploring, just simply explore. Ask challenging questions. To your fellow friend who is a follower of Jesus, ask these questions to God directly. And really wrestle with this so that you can come to discover who Jesus is for yourself. I'm super excited to be walking through this series with um, all of us. As in these, in these coming weeks, we're going to really dive into who Mark, Peter, and myself, and many of us believe Jesus to be, and what it means for the realities that we're currently walking through and the realities that our friends and family members may currently be walking through. Let's pray as we close. Father, we're, we're incredibly thankful for the revelation of who Christ is. Um, and We pray that you would continue to reveal to us who He is, and what that means about our, our everyday lives, God. I pray that we would um, help share this in a way that is salt and light to the world, um, whether in word or deed. We would uh, proclaim uh, the truth of, you, of your good news to the world, uh, that the reality of the world is shifting um, under under your reign and that it means um, that we no longer are crushed under the pressures of, of this world, but while we still have the pressures as burdens, um, they are not the end of us. You are the Alpha and the Omega. You are the beginning and the end. And you care for us. So while we were walking through this, you... Walk through it with us. I pray that as we walk through uh, the story of Mark, that we would come to realize new things about you that we may have never realized before, even if we've read through this book a million times. That we would see you in a new, fresh way. And it would continue to renew us and refresh us and change us and nourish our souls. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Our community aims to be a life-giving church that helps you find refuge and rest through following Jesus. Thank you so much for your support. If you're looking to connect with us, you can find us online at rouge.church or on any social media platform at rougechurchmi, or you can just shoot us an email at connect at rouge.church.